Hey everyone, I've got great news. We are excited to welcome one of our favorite sponsors back to the show, HelloFresh. And they are offering us the best deal they've ever offered. I'm amazed. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80Mamahood and use code 80Mamahood to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Yes, you heard me right, $80. I'm shocked that they have offered us this deal. If you haven't tried this legendary product yet, let me tell you about it. Obs and I have been hooked on HelloFresh for over a year now. Their legendary meal kit delivery service is easy and stress-free because the recipes are so simple and easy to follow, and all of the ingredients come in a convenient bag for you to use. There are so many delicious and nutritious options for every family with vegetarian low-calorie, and kid-friendly recipes as well. And one of our favorite aspects of HelloFresh is that they give back with over 3.5 million meals that they've donated this year. I don't think I need to say much more, honestly. We've been using them for over a year. We love them, so don't miss this deal. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80Mamahood and use code 80Mamahood to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Mama, a word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the Mama Hood. We are so excited to have Elise Curtis here. She is an amazing mom and woman she's inspirational and she is the creator of the salt gathering um and she has come on the podcast today to talk all things womanhood and motherhood and we are going to chat about a lot of inspirational things so welcome to the show elise hello thanks for having me so elise just describe your family um how many kids you have their ages and all of that good stuff so yes my name is elise i am from utah originally like moved I don't know, out for college and different things like that. So born and raised pretty much. Um, I am married and have four kids. Their names or their ages are eight. Like I have to think about it. Six and a half, (laughs) almost five and one. Um, Yeah, they keep me busy and definitely keeps me busy with like the business side of things too, as I try Mm -hmm. to figure out and navigate how I mesh the two. But that's my family and Yep. <laughs> yeah so much easier said than done right. motherhood and <laughs> business and creative I mean it's really hard yes it is. to mesh all of that together <laughs> so how would you describe yourself as a mom just in a few words values principles um what values and principles do you hold dear to yourself as a mom when I think about this I think that I'm first off, I feel like I'm kind of a hands-off mom. I, and I know this sounds bad as I think about it. I'm like, am I a bad mom for even thinking this? (laughs) Um, so I am more of a hands-off mom, but I also want to teach my kids, um, like love and patience and acceptance. 
um, I met a girl on my mission who had never really met anyone of a different race, different nationality, whatever. And it was so open, like, like it just, I don't want to even say that. Let's not even go there. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're fine. Keep going. I know right now I get like so nervous now that I know. No, no, no. Going. Don't get nervous. Um, no. So I want to teach my kids to believe in themselves. I want them to know what their strengths are and obviously to maybe know what their weaknesses are, but that we can turn them to strengths through Christ. Um, and yeah, gosh, my mind is like so blank. Isn't that so funny? No, I told you that this is how it was in that interview. Like my mind just goes so blank as I talk to people. You're getting way too nervous when you have so much good to say. I know. I just have to pretend like we're not recording. We're not. <laughs> We're not even recording. Look, okay. pause. pause. We're not We're just recording. talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all in the middle of this pandemic and we can't ignore that. Mm-mm. And um, so what, I mean, we're all barely surviving. Yes. <laughs> what sort of like activities it could be it could be something deep or it could be some simple things like what has been getting you through this pandemic as a mom I think that it has changed like at the beginning and and it's been interesting to look back on how life has changed within our family over the last like six months or however long it's been because at the beginning it was like we wanted to get out we were hiking and biking and adventuring as a just as our little family And then summer came and luckily like our local pool is open. Um, I'm definitely like, I want to teach my kids to adventure and to go out and have fun. And so I think that's where I feel like I excel as a mom is like getting my kids out. I'm not really a mom that is great at doing crafts with my kids or (laughs) like even getting right, getting down (laughs) on the ground and even playing with them. But like if I can instill in them a sense of adventure, So I think that has honestly been the greatest thing. Like last week we went to Yellowstone and the morning we were leaving, we didn't even have a hotel. We didn't know where we were going, but we had promised our kids. They were so excited. And anyways, we ended up just like right as we were walking out the door, I hurry and booked a hotel. And that sense of adventure has fueled me like it's gotten me through. And I think it's helped my kids, too, of just like encouraging them to get out and not be stuck in like we're stuck at home mode, yeah. if that makes sense. Amen. Yeah. We've been that way too. <laughs> yeah. Like we've been in the mountains almost every day. All the time. Because otherwise we would go completely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so are you more of like a spontaneous mom? Like you are willing to just book the trip? Yes. Yeah. In a minute. You don't I have like, to like the plan. plan I like thing. the plan stuff too. Like I like having a trip to look forward to, to help us get through like, or not even a trip, but like an adventure or something to kind of get me through the mundane stuff. Um, But I definitely, it was funny as my husband and I were planning the trip to Yellowstone because he was a major stress case that we didn't have a place to stay. Uh And I think I fell asleep the night before with the biggest smile on my face that we were like, we're doing something spontaneous. Yeah. Like I just think it felt really good to just be like, to just, I don't know, fly by the seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm I'm finding that in myself that I like, I guess I like a mixture of both. Yeah. I feel like the first time we went to Disneyland and just like drove there and booked a hotel like that day changed our life. Yes. Because we were like, wait a second, 
Hotels can be booked the day of. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, we can go to Disneyland whenever we want. We've just been so stressed for no reason yeah. so many times. Yeah. What is wrong with us? This is great. I know. So that's awesome. So I feel like everybody has like a quarantine show, like a show that they've binged during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Do you have a quarantine show or are you better than the rest of us? No, I definitely <laughs> do, but I don't think it's a, I don't know if it's a very good show to say. <laughs> this know. is a judge-free zone. Have you heard the shows that we've watched? I know. Um, selling, <laughs> selling Sunset on Netflix. Oh, I've just talked about that right? one. So okay, you're good. good. You're in good company. No, that is one that obviously has some, not some great language every now and again, but it's definitely one that I can just turn on and forget like my husband was asking me, like, what do you like about this? I'm like, I just think it's, I don't know. It's like so absurd that it's fun to watch. But I don't know. We watch a bunch of stuff. We always go back to like The Office or, you know, Parks and Rec and Friends. Those are like the classic. Classic ones. The classic ones. My yeah. husband made me watch Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. How'd you like so that? So I did. I I got hooked on it. Yeah, it's, it's a good I always one. made fun of it and made fun of Jerry's obnoxious yeah. voice. And then... <laughs> Finally, like halfway through season four or something, I was like, okay, I get it. I like it. It's, it's a funny. Good one. I grew up watching that one. <laughs> it's absurd. That's why it's funny. Yeah. I get it. Okay. So, you know, you created the salt gathering mm-hmm. or the salt summit. What do you refer? What do you refer to it? So it's kind of like had a transition throughout the years. It started out as salt retreat. And okay. so it was mainly when it first started, it was just a retreat. So basically it was a one day um, a one day event where you would come and there were speakers and breakout classes and round tables and lunch and like swag bags and all that stuff. So it started out as that. And then it started growing into a little bit more like social media, like good content of like helping people and women draw closer to Christ. That's the main overarching purpose of salt is to help women draw closer to Christ. And so Then we kind of went through a rebranding of Salt Gathering. So that's like the name of our company, but we still have the Salt Retreat, which is the one day event. Mm -hmm. Um, It was going to happen in September in person, but obviously with COVID, we've had to change that. So then we created something called the Salt Summit, which is a four week online live gathering. So for four weeks, we're gathering and um, listening to a main speaker. There will be like 250 women all listening to the main speaker. And then there will be breakout rooms afterwards that you can pick and choose depending on what you're kind of going through. We have people talking about mental illness and like motherhood and obviously like helping you draw closer to Christ. Um, There's a ton of topics. So that's kind of where we've been, which is really cool because for the past like three or four years, I, maybe since we started, I always wanted to do like an online summit of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but my bandwidth was just too stretched thin with in having kids and all that stuff. So, cause we'd always have people across the country or even outside of the United States or across the world that would say, I want to come to that. But like, obviously I can't, can you come back East or I would love to do this over in Denmark, or I would love to do something like this in Puerto Rico. And So we've had those offer or those people say that. And so I've wanted to do something along these lines for a long time. And I feel like this is the major silver lining in the cloud of COVID for us is because now we can offer it to women all over the world. And we still send out a swag bag. So you still get the t-shirt and the workbook and a tumbler and all those things, but you're able to come. It's 
um, for four weeks. So every Thursday for four weeks, we meet for an hour and a half and just be uplifted and strengthened. And I know I'm so looking forward to it because COVID has like knocked me down. I feel like with, I feel like we need it more than ever, more than ever. Seriously. So yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's going, it's new, but there is the speakers are all incredible and they're all going to do so great. And, um, it's just, it's like I said, the purpose of it is to help women draw closer to Christ and to fill the spirit. And I know that that's going to be accomplished even in this new format. So I'm excited about it. Do you have like just as many people coming this time around as usual? Yeah. So when we started selling tickets to the actual in-person retreat, obviously with the refund policy of COVID that they could get refunded. So we still have a lot of those people that bought tickets to the actual meeting saying that they want to come to the summit. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we still have tickets available. Obviously, we only have a certain amount of things for the swag bags that we're sending out. So once we get to that point, we may like, I don't know, we'll see kind of where we go from that. But it's still going to be a lot of people, which is really cool. That's amazing. So you kind of mentioned this before the episode officially started so I'm gonna make you say it again but kind of like what what inspired this what made you decide that you were gonna do this for women yeah um so I was I mean I've struggled with postpartum depression and and depression I feel like it was like either just a really long stretched out postpartum depression or whatever but I was um I had just had my third baby and I was really really depressed and really struggling with my testimony of God and Jesus Christ. Like I didn't know if that, if they were even real. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to my brother and we were kind of talking about these things and how I was struggling. And he soon, he knew someone that was struggling a, a woman in his life. And I just said, I think there needs to be this meeting where people can come and be uplifted. Women can come and be uplifted and they can be strengthened and they can be like drawn closer to Christ. And I had that thought and it just stuck with me. Like I could not stop thinking about it. I went to bed thinking about it, woke up thinking about it. And I just knew I wasn't in a mental place to be able to handle this, nor like a spiritual place to be able to help other women. Um, Like on top of that, there was a local meeting that I wanted to go to because I knew that it would feed my spirit, but it would like just lift me up. And they didn't allow babies. And my baby was five months old. And I remember talking to a friend that was a speaker there and she said, oh, there's a time and season for everything. Like you'll be able to go another time. And I remember just being so heartbroken about that because my time and season was right there that I truly needed something to get out. And I'm that type of person, like I like being around other people and I love going to like conferences and things like that. Like I always walk away feeling better. And I knew that I would have if I would have gone to this event. So when I heard that, I was really bummed and yeah. Anyways, so that happened. And then mm-hmm. long story short, I several months later, I started um, feeling I started kind of pulling out of my depression and out of my spiritual fog as well. And once that happened and once I could confidently say that God was real and that Jesus Christ was real, like everything fell into place for this. And so, yeah, that's kind of how how it came about (laughs) in a short story form. (laughs) I love that so much. And honestly, like I have to just comment on that whole nursing babies thing on the show because not to knock 
other events that are mm-hmm. trying to do something positive. But Obs and I have literally talked on this show so many times about like discrimination against nursing moms mm-hmm. because like we are already struggling so much yeah. in that postpartum phase and we're already like a lot of us are depressed or anxious or fatigued and having to literally like whip our boobs out Mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat at the screaming baby every hour, every two hours with people looking at us, having to go in another room Mm -hmm. or cover up or feel embarrassed or literally leave a party or like it's, it's like, it's a really tough time. And all of us have had that experience of having to like, be turned away from an event mm-hmm. or walk out of our church meeting mm-hmm. and not be able to participate. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. And we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And finally, one day, Obs and I were talking about it and we both just started crying because oh. we were both in that phase of yeah. the nursing babies and we were both feeling like really hurt about mm-hmm. it. And we were like, what is up with this? Yeah. And so I just appreciate that. I appreciate so much that you thought about that i'm still a nursing mom so maybe yeah. that's why i'm like getting no. emotional right now <laughs> yes, but so babies are babes in arms are allowed it yeah <laughs> like the like there's just this huge population of nursing moms mm-hmm. who we need it so bad right then we're yep. not like this like super strong like we are super strong duh yeah. but we're not like unsusceptible beings who like don't need church all of a sudden yeah. just because we're breastfeeding a baby mm-hmm. like we need it too and we need the messages too so thank i remember you. growing up i never really saw women like nursing in our church building like there was that mother's yeah. room that you would go to mm-hmm. and while i was serving a mission for my church in calgary i remember being at this specific ward that had a lot of young young families and there was a back row that these nursing moms would sit in in the back row of relief society and all of them would just nurse and i remember being at first probably a little bit taken back like whoa what's going on here But then I grew to love that and like, how cool is that that they are accepting of that and that they're not like feeling like they have to go be banished in the mother's room. And obviously like I will like state it that there are some people that prefer the mother's room for so many reasons, right? It is quiet. It is something, maybe a place that they can go by themselves. But like Mm -hmm. for for me, it was really cool to see that, that like I don't have to leave. Like I don't have to. And that's where I think with this big event that I wanted to go to, I was like, I can leave if my baby starts crying. Like, I don't need to, like, I'm smart enough to know that if my baby starts crying, I will walk out. Right. Right. And anyways, but so I was pretty bugged that that had happened. So yes, nursing babes in arms, even babies with, you know, taking bottles or whatever, are welcome at salt for that reason. Cause I want to make sure that women that is this group of women that really need it, can get uplifted and feel that connection with other women and feel the connection with the spirit and with God. So, well, I love that. I didn't even know that that was a thing, but (laughs) amen, amen, amen. I love it. So what is the meaning of the name salt? Um, It comes from the Bible in Matthew where it says, you're the salt of the earth. And as we know with our bodies, that salt is like a major part of our body that we need to live and so within the scriptures it's basically saying that that we are the salt of the earth that we are um, the disciples that will preach the gospel that will kind of keep the gospel alive 
And so salt just means, and it's a reminder for us to be disciples of Christ, to be followers of Christ, to be examples of Christ. And so that's like a short, you know, version of where we got that scripture or that the name of our event, name of our company. So cool. Um, I feel like you've um, obviously sort of like alluded to this a bunch, but what makes you specifically passionate about um, like wanting to empower women and mothers um, like in your life and wanting to empower them through Christ? Um, you know, I, when I think about this, I, I think back to a time at that very first event that we did, we had 200 women coming and I just felt inspired to do this. Right. And so I remember sitting are going up on an elevator as we're setting up for the event. And I was by myself for the first time that night as we're setting up. And I just had this like, why am I doing this? Like no one asked me to do this. No one on earth asked me to do this. And I had come from, you know, other jobs where I had jobs where they would be like, okay, we need you to plan this Elise. And it was like, okay, I can plan that and I can do that thing. And I remember having this feeling or that thought, and then just this overwhelming reassurance that like I was born to do this. I was, I like one of my missions here on this earth is to help women and to empower women. And so I just feel like I just, I know that deep down on the Enneagram tests, I am a helper. And so I think that's another part of it. Like I want to help women and I want to help, like I, for a long time it was helping young women. And so now it's been really cool to see, you know, as I'm in the stage of womanhood, I can see where different people might need help and to be able to offer that. Mm-hmm. So I know that it's something that was, you know, maybe I was given before this earth just to know that I will come down and help women and empower women, but also help draw them closer to Christ. Yeah. I'm two, type two. Yes. For the win. What's, do you know your second, your wing? The achiever. So wing three. three. Really? Two wing yeah. Three. <laughs> I feel like mine are like pretty even. So I feel really? like it could go either way. I, I need to probably retake a test, but mm-hmm. I know that when I was reading the descriptions too, it was like, I'm spot on on both of those. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like mine was more strongly towards the two. Helper. A little bit of the three. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, But how cool this concept that you bring up though about these like callings that we do have as women. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so often we, um, especially as Christian women, we feel like we have to fall into like, what has the church called me to do? Mm-hmm. Whatever church we're a part of, right? Yeah. Like what has the church called me to do? Or what has like my community called me to do? Or my neighborhood, what have mm-hmm. they asked me to do? Instead of understanding that like we we do each have callings as women. Yeah. And if we really rise up and listen to that voice inside and the voice above, mm-hmm. I think we each do have a higher calling that will call to us if we listen. Yeah. And I, I am inspired by you for listening to that voice and letting it lead you. Mm -hmm. And my hope would be, and why I let, why I love salt is I think it inspires more women to listen to that voice and find what their calling is. And not every woman is going to be called to create a giant Mm -hmm. gathering of 250 women but their calling might be on a much smaller scale or it Mm -hmm. might be to write a book or it might be to, you know, do something like 
be an artist or, you know, every woman, but I do, I just feel deep down that every woman has a, an individual calling yeah. that only they can learn from above. Totally. And I think like, it's hard as a young mom to like, for me, I feel like I felt that for a long time. Like I kind of knew my purpose. My, my husband, and I have talking about this a lot that like, before I started having kids, I felt such this like great hope for my future. Like I knew exactly who I was going to be and what I was going to do. And I felt like the future was bright. And then I started having kids and I fell into depression and you just get into this like daily grind of serving your children, which is great, but taking care of them. And, um, I think it's so easy for us to forget like our purpose here on this earth. And it's easy for us to forget why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing. And, I've just recently started feeling a little bit of myself coming back. My baby is 15 months old and like it's been exciting to me because I feel different parts of my personality coming back. So just as our conversation, like, you know, as the listeners, someone might be sitting here thinking, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing or feeling a lot of desperation or like a lot of um, not desperation, but like doubt or sadness with this Mm -hmm. conversation like oh I don't think I'm supposed to be called to do something but Mm -hmm. like I guess my plea is continue to do the little things that can help you stay close to God but then also um know that there are brighter futures ahead and I don't say that as like there's a time and season for everything because I know that that's what I heard and I didn't like that but I guess just being on the other side of like kind of pulling out of like the young young kid fog like there is so much in store for you and just don't give up hope and just know that God is there and God loves you. And I don't know, that's just kind of a thought that I've been having recently. Like, I don't want ever anyone to think like if my life, I don't know if my life is going well right now, I don't want them to think that I didn't go through all these hard years. Like it's been like eight, nine years of me not really knowing who I was or not knowing what my mission was or Mm -hmm. what my purpose was. Even though I kind of knew that before, but it has been really cool to see how God's like, okay, now you're in a mental position to be able to handle a little bit more of what your true purpose is and going to show you little by little. Mm -hmm. And we all have to go through that wilderness Mm -hmm. to discover who we are and what we're supposed to do. And we have to go through that almost the searching to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the searching, that's good. Like we're in, we were in the searching. Yep. And you might be in the searching and I'm still. Yes. Yeah. And I still, and I feel like I still am too. Like I'm just seeing like little glimpses of like, oh, a reminder of like, Mm -hmm. yes, this is what your true calling was or is, I guess. And anyways, but yeah, I think it's so important. And and to your point to know that like, even if your calling is to be a great stay at home mom right now, like you jump in on that and just do that and don't feel bad that like, in you know don't feel bad if if you're not doing all these other things that you may see other people doing because they like I can't be a stay-at-home mom which I wish I could but I don't have the patience for that you know but like someone else may be a great stay-at-home mom or they may be that great like crafty parent that makes their children's like dreams come true through crafts and like storytelling and everything and I struggle with that so anyways just to your point knowing that everyone has different callings and and finding those is important, but also giving ourselves grace and deciding to feel confident in what, what you are good at Mm -hmm. and feeling really confident in what your calling is and 
let everything else go Mm -hmm. and deciding to to be happy with who you are it's a journey to get there Mm -hmm. but like what you're saying is like you're starting to finally get there and it's really rewarding once you're there yeah yeah that's awesome um so how do you bring your personally your deep christianity into your motherhood and into your daily life like what practices do you have to do that Um, I'm not the best example of like daily scripture study and prayer with my family. Um, But I do feel like I'm a good example of them seeing me doing it like on my own, reading my scriptures. Or recently I have set the goal to read something spiritual every day, whether it's scriptures or a spiritual talk or something. And so recently, as I put my kids to bed, if I don't have the energy to try to come up with a story, <laughs> like a creative story, <laughs> I will read my scriptures to them. And, you know, it's not the kid version of scriptures. It's like just it's adult version. And so I'm sure some a lot of it's going over their head. But I think like doing the little things is probably the best way for me to show Christianity and or like bring Christianity into my motherhood. Um, I think also teaching by example and loving by example. Um, I want my kids to love everyone and to be accepting of everyone and to be patient with everyone and kind with everyone. And if I want my kids to do that, I need to be showing that to them and showing like doing it, but then also like teaching by example, like, Hey, like it's cute. Like (laughs) my little boy, every Every time we talk about service, he refers back to this time probably three years ago where he helped <laughs> open the door for someone that was in a wheelchair. And he's so proud of himself like three years later. But it stuck with him because I think I took that as like maybe I opened the door for someone once and I showed him how to do it. And then now he loves doing that and he like thrives on that, mm-hmm. you know, that he's able to say he did service in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just... I think that's the way that I like try to bring Christianity into my motherhood the most is by living by example, but also loving by example yeah. and teaching my kids to love everyone no matter what. I think know? that's the best way. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like recognizing, I was thinking about it today as I was reading the scriptures, like everyone, someone might hear the same message Like if we were to all hear the same message, everyone's going to walk away with it differently. Some people might have harsh feelings towards it. Some people might be obsessed with it. Some people might like have questions about it, whatever. But it's because everyone has different backgrounds and what they were taught as a child is going to affect that. And I want to teach my kids that like acceptance, like if they, um, you know, if someone believes different than them, then it's okay. You still love them. And but they probably believe different because of how they were brought up and where they're at in their life right now. And anyway, so I think taking those moments to teach them, but also, like I said, um, teaching by example and teaching by love. I love it. Awesome. So, um, a different question, how do you bring creativity into your motherhood or creativity into, and not even just with your kids, but yeah. yourself, you know, like how do you find creativity in, in yourself and in your motherhood? That's interesting. Um, I think that's a hard one for me because I'm such a achiever <laughs> with mm-hmm. the Enneagram thing. Like I have, um, several different businesses that I do, um, 
So I'm, my brain's constantly being creative in those areas. But when it comes to taking time for myself, I've had to think a lot about like, what is that that, you know, that brings creativity or happiness or joy? Um, I think probably a little bit right now is like spontaneity and like just getting out and doing something. I think to, like we talked before, having my kids be out adventuring with me is a great way for me to feel like I'm helping them be creative and um I don't know, but I really, that's a really hard question for me because I feel like I, I'm having to try to figure out what truly makes me like happy outside of work and outside of my kids. But like, what do I do for myself? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Do you sense. consider your work like a creative work? It is like I'm a photographer yeah. and I do videogra- videography on the side. And so that's obviously creative. And I love like, like I told um, my husband recently, I went to an two-day workshop for photography and I'm I walked away feeling so inspired and so creative so I don't know if like which it sounds kind of lame but if going to um conferences and workshops and stuff like I always walk away and I guess maybe that's what it is is that I'm investing in myself Mm -hmm. um and when I go to even if it's not for my business but if I go to like a spiritual workshop or a spiritual thing like I always walk away feeling more inspired and more creative um so yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's, I think that's awesome. Totally investing in yourself. I don't remember the last time I went to like a workshop for myself. So yeah, you should do it. <laughs> so you mentioned before that you've struggled with postpartum depression and just depression in general. And we've covered this topic a lot on our mm-hmm. show because, um, our audience is primarily like we call them moms in the trenches. Yeah. These early moms, kids five and under, like, little kids, babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so what just words of comfort or advice um, would you offer to a community of moms where, you know, a good majority of them are currently struggling with this? Um, I think, A, first of all, everyone deals with like motherhood in the trenches differently, obviously, mm-hmm. and everyone deals with postpartum depression differently as well. I had mentioned once about how I... Um, had overcome my depression and it was something that like someone that was really really depressed like chronically ill for a really long time she kind of came up to me after and was like it's not that easy but for me it was that easy right so I just want to like clarify that these things that I'm saying might help some um and I guess that's where you start out like with if you're struggling with postpartum depression like don't be afraid to ask for help and I as a photographer I take a lot of like newborn pictures or pictures with moms with really young kids and if they've just had a baby I usually always ask them like are you struggling with postpartum depression (laughs) like I straight up ask them you're like I'm gonna be the one to ask yeah because I feel like to (laughs) me like I had no idea I was struggling from depression for a long time and I I all of a sudden became this person that was like crying in the shower every night and was so overwhelmed by like the tiniest thing and I don't think I identified that for a while And then when I finally did identify that it was depression, I was pregnant with my third and I was nervous to get on medicine because I didn't know and I should have talked to a doctor. So that's, I guess, my first thing is like if you're really feeling a lot of desperation and despair and all that, like talk to a medical professional, a doctor or a therapist Um, Two, like I said, when I was really struggling and I still I felt this this morning, actually. Um, when I get super, super overwhelmed, it's just like all like I can't do anything. And 
So in those moments, like this morning, my house is a complete mess right now because I'm working on the salt summit and just doing a lot of things. And I walk around the corner into my room and there's like four baskets full of laundry, like high, some clean, some dirty. I don't even know. And I started feeling a little bit panicky. And so I just said to myself, focus on one thing. And I had to say that to myself a couple times before I could actually focus on one thing. Um, And I think I focused on like just picking up the kids toys in the front room. And that was like simple enough that I could do Mm -hmm. and that I could mentally like check it off my list knowing, okay, I got something done. Um, So I think that's like another, that is another uh, thing that I would suggest. And lastly, I would suggest um, finding, and this goes back to the last question, but finding something for ourselves that fulfills us. Um, like I said, I'm still trying to find out what that is. I think like in-person interactions is good for me. Like I said, like conferences and workshops and investing in myself is like such a huge thing for me. Um, but even if it's just like, I need to get in the shower or the bath every day for 20 minutes, like do that for yourself and have like, it's non-negotiable. Like if it's that you want to go to the gym, make that a thing, work it out with your spouse or work it out with yourself that it's a non-negotiable thing. Um, I think also like I really feel God, God's presence when I'm watching sunsets for some reason. And recently I've been getting out and um, sitting on our front porch and watching the sun go down. And in the moment it feels so good and it fills me up and I feel so Like I make sure that I'm doing deep breathing and really being present in the moment. And I think a part of me is like, okay, you can go back in the house and like tackle lots of different things. But then I step back in the house and I immediately feel like overwhelmed or despair or whatever. So I think if if you're like that, if you're like that right now, like focus on how you're feeling in that moment and letting that be okay. If that's the only thing you're feeling okay about all day, like even if it's only for 20 minutes in the bathtub, you're feeling so good as you're doing deep breathing and connecting with yourself and with God, don't place the expectation that like that's going to solve everything because it's probably not if you're really, if you're really in the trenches or if you're depressed or whatever, but be okay with like, okay, for these next 10 minutes, as I sit and watch the sunset, I am going to be completely okay Mm -hmm. and just feel good. And don't place that expectation that it's going to solve the rest of the day or rest of the night or any other issue. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think I've been there Mm -hmm. where I'm in the trenches of depression Yeah, and you pray or, you know, like go hiking Mm -hmm. or something and you feel peace and you feel that joy finally kind of come back Mm -hmm. for a minute and then you kind of get back into normal life and you start to feel down again and you're like what the heck yeah what like was that real Mm -hmm. because now it's just back and then you kind of start to doubt that experience that you had um but I just I love that you bring this up because that doesn't mean the experience you had wasn't real. It means yeah. you have clini- a clinical problem, mm-hmm. but that experience was real and that experience should give you hope mm-hmm. that you can have joy again, yeah. you know? And I think that's such a good point. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all of those were great. And I think you're going to help so many moms with that. Um, what else do you want to <laughs> say? Like, what what else would you want to offer to this you know you have an audience of young moms that are listening to you right now like what would you want to say to them um 
whenever I think back to the mom that I like, because like, like I said, I'm just barely coming out of it. I, I first off, I just wish I could get a, give everyone a hug. That's probably been the hardest part of COVID is not hugging people for me because I'm like mm-hmm. such a people person and want to hug people. Um, but I think taking day by day, minute by minute and having patience with yourself, um, trying to find those moments to connect with God is crucial as a young mom. That's where I lost my testimony of God and Jesus Christ was not taking that time for myself. And it lasted for a long time. Like I was just going through the motions. I was going to church on Sunday, wasn't feeling anything. I wasn't praying, wasn't reading my scriptures. And if I was, I wasn't really getting anything out of it. Um, And it wasn't until like six months after I had that experience of feeling like I needed to start this event, I started a Facebook group. And there were a bunch of women and it was a place for women to come that were maybe struggling with their testimony or just struggling with self-worth or whatever that they could come and we could all connect. And people started sharing um, spiritual talks on this Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And as the admin of this group, I thought, well, I should probably read these Mm -hmm. because before that, anytime anything spiritual would come up on like Instagram or Facebook, I would just quickly scroll past it. And um So then when I started this Facebook group, I just started reading a talk a day or a scripture a day, whatever people would post. I would just be like, I need to read that. And it was incredible to see that over about 30 days or so, my heart had completely softened and it had completely changed. And I felt so close to God. And then as I continued to do that, I could like, I could bear strong testimony and I knew that God and Jesus were real. And I attribute that obviously to the daily, the small daily practices. Um, One of my favorite uh, podcasts that I listen to, Brooke Snow, she has a book. It says, I think it's called Living in Your True Identity. But she talks about this principle of floors and ceilings. When we set a goal, a lot of times we're like, I'm going to do yoga every day for a year, right? That can be our ceiling. That's going to be the high goal that we're achieving, But then the floor is the smallest thing that we can do every day to count that as like towards your goal. Mm -hmm. So for her, it was, I'm going to do yoga every day for a year. And for that's the ceiling for the floor. She said, I'm going to do three cat cow stretches, right? Where you bend your back up and then arch your, and then bend it down. She goes, I'm going to do three of those and that's going to count towards my goal. So even if I do three of those, I'm going to check it off my list saying I did yoga today. And for a long time, like I would say, I'm going to do exercise today. I'm going to exercise today for 30 minutes or I'm going to go to the gym. And then when I didn't, I feel so bad about myself. So recently I've been doing that with my scripture study. And like I said to you earlier, I want to do scripture study or read something spiritual every single day. And that is my ceiling. That's the thing I'm achieving. And even if I just read one line of scripture, I'm going to count that towards my goal and pat myself on the back and feel good about it and don't feel guilty like, oh, I only did that. And it's incredible how that little, that small thing has helped me feel closer to God every day. And it's helped me feel closer to the spirit to receive revelation and feel closer to my savior, Jesus Christ. So I think that would be my piece of advice is just to try to find one thing to do that can draw you closer to God and to Christ every single day. And you will start feeling that hope and that joy that we've talked about throughout this podcast. Thank you for your 
testimony Mm -hmm. and for sharing your experiences in your heart and for um following that voice that led you to create something that helps women because we need powerful strong women like you to create things like this for women we need people like you to do it we need them thank you so thank you um where can our listeners find you where they where can they find information on all of all of this stuff yeah give them all of that so we're on instagram on uh, our hashtag or our um, handle is at salt underscore gathering so you can just search salt gathering and it will be there facebook same we have a group um salt gathering and then the website is saltgathering.com and so we're selling tickets right now to the summit so invest in yourself <laughs> yeah um and you can yeah and and that's where you can find out more information we have a blog there and um, we have a couple other events that we sometimes we do like smaller events and craft nights and i mean everything's kind of up in the air with covid right now um but yeah we have different events and different um offerings like that uplifting content through blogs and social media and all that stuff so awesome. okay well thanks for coming on the show thank you for having me